Mic check one two one two. Mic check one two one two. Dane, uh, microphone good. Everything good. Yeah, Deontay, my microphone is good, man. I remember to pull it up closer this time and not be a complete goob. And I just, I just okay. was feeling all full of myself and accomplished because I was for once on time. Yeah, and had the headset ready, all that. Go ahead, man. Partly my fault too. I heard you click like in my headphones. I heard you clearly, and then you can kind of tell when we went back and listened to it. It's like oh, it's a little different. But hey, if y'all been rocking with us for for seventy four, seventy five episodes now, you know we. I mean, we we make mistakes, but you know, you coming for the content, and we will always strive to to get our our quality to where it is. And uh, shout out to Chappelle. He had me had us both rolling <laughs> when he. Uh, He's like, man, should I should I tell him? Or he hey, said he was not in this office when we brought it up. Yeah, man, I I was so pissed off at myself, bro, because it's like something so. Literally, we've done at least seventy four other times, and yeah. I, for whatever reason, I decided to that seventy fourth episode is like, oh, I'm just gonna forget to put my mic, you know, close yeah. over here. So, you know, yeah, I was like, come on, dude, really? Like, it was you know, good podcast. I mean, obviously. Yeah. I'm a little. I might be a little biased. Just, just <laughs> but, a tad bit, right? Yeah, just a tad so, bit. You know. Appreciate you, man. Always, you know, we we gonna keep rocking with it. And if you're still listening and watching with us, 75 episodes in, then you're still rocking with us as well. And we appreciate it. Episode 75 of the Duo Sports and Stuff podcast. My name is Deontay Epps, joined by my brother, my ace, my best man, Dane Beasley. Besides last week's microphone mishap, how you doing on this this new week, my guy? Good man, I got blood in my eyes, ready to put my hands on somebody. <laughs> Some keeps being brought up, but it's all good. It's all, all right. Love. That's my last time bringing it up. I it's promise. Love. It's all love. Hey, no, all good in the hood. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to think. I was like, I ain't never had to go to fisticuffs with any of my close friends before. We wrestled. No, nothing, I, I, nothing yeah. crazy. Now we we never we never got down like that. I'm trying to think wow. any of my uh I don't know if Malcolm listens to the pod. I remember one time me and like we were like in maybe like fifth, sixth grade, and uh, I used to always go over his and his family's house over the summer. Like you ever had somebody <laughs> like you can <laughs> chill no. Nah. This is how it went down, right? Oh, I gotta was, hear uh, both sides. I gotta hear both sides. But go ahead, hear I'm both listening. sides. Yeah, I'm gonna listen. I wanna right. see your account so, his. It was during the summer where you like, you know, you stay over your friend's house for like yeah. days. Days at you don't a time. Go home. Yeah. You don't go home. Like right. you just go home to get clothes, you know, uh-huh. some fresh stuff and all that. And you come back, you used to play games all day. Um, I can't remember what the argument was about. It was it was probably over video games, and he might say the same, but it wasn't even like a fight. It was just like a, a wrestle, but we were both pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Work, we both two guys working some stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. back it was back in the uh we used to play uh uh SmackDown on the multi tap. Remember the multi tap mm. on oh, PlayStation yeah. PlayStation two? <laughs> and uh I don't remember how this particular fight just, just ended, but I, I remember one particular time, man, uh my family and I were about to go to Dallas. So I had to leave and go out of town. And him and his brother stole my dang multi-tap so they could play SmackDown. Oh, no, they stole. They either stole. No, they stole my SmackDown game. I can't remember which year it was. They replaced 
my game. Like they gave me the case back, but they put another game in there. So when I went, <laughs> I went to Dallas, bro, thinking I'm about to continue my career mode yeah. on SmackDown, and oh, it was something no, like you know. Twisted Metal or something like that. With Twisted Metal, I can't remember what the game was they replaced. But it was SmackDown. Yeah. It was not SmackDown, bro. But no you know, it happens. It happens growing up, and um, yeah, it's, all the, it's fun to look. The best thing, the best thing about it is when you're close enough. It was like, all right, man, you know, we just gotta, we just gotta get this off, and then we can go right back to normal. You know, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Too many now. You really can't. I mean, I don't know about this generation. I'm not. You know, I don't know too many, too many kids outside of family members, but I don't know how that's gonna play out with them now because everything is just so, you know, social media and yeah. Like it can't never end with someone just losing the fight. Like ah, you got the best. All right, man, we good. Yeah, man, it's. Yeah. I got to one back you, with, yeah, and I got with more people coming back with more people trying to get you know try to jump you or you know some other situations bringing knives and guns to the situation. Unfortunately, because of a little you know just because of a little tussle, but you know it, it, yeah. it's 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 strange the way we are now or where we've come now. And it feels even stranger to me talking about it in such a sense where I'm just like so old and it's not even that. It's just back in my day, things are a little different. <laughs> we are old, bro. Yeah, we are. We are. We are. <laughs> yeah, man. But you know, it's, it's always good to look back and think of how, how much you've grown up and how times mm-hmm. have changed and realizing where you are as a, as a, as a, as a man, as a man. <laughs> but yeah, we got a, we got a nice little docket, on on today's episode episode 75 appreciate you if you're listening on apple spotify watching on spotify as well and on youtube and don't forget you can give us five stars on apple and a review rating as well and on spotify five stars all those good things and dane on the docket today we'll talk about jawan howard and his infamous punch slap mush Whatever sure. you know, we'll, we'll talk about that in particular Hands. because people don't know what a punch is apparently, or a mush, or a slap, and so we'll talk about that, and uh, we'll talk about the NCAA once again, and what they are talking about doing as, as regards to uh, NIL. Um, mm-hmm. This past weekend was All Star Weekend Day. We'll talk about the dunk contest, three point shootout, and also. Um, some interesting comments from your boy LeBron James and what he said about his son coming to the NBA on NFL docket next week. Dane is the combine. So maybe we'll see general homeboy make an appearance next week. And there was some issues, (laughs) some issues this past week with the combine as far as what the NFL and NFL PA could agree on as far as um, how they want to have the bubble or not. Things of that nature. We'll get into that. Brian Flores has landed at a new spot in the NFL. We'll talk about that. Mm, interesting. Um, Aaron Rodgers doing Aaron Rodgers like things. Uh, cryptic. Uh, <laughs> very, very cryptic. Very um, attention hungry, I will say. And we'll get into that. Uh, XFL NFL partnership announced this past week. We'll talk about that. And then we'll get into our nerdy news segment. And of course, our brand new segment, What Y'all Want, where our listeners send voice messages about topics they want to discuss. Are you ready to roll, my guy? Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, Jawan Howard, 
Head coach, University of Michigan basketball made headlines, probably the biggest headline of the past week, last few days, man. They played against Wisconsin Dame. And after the game, Wisconsin won by like 14, 13. After the game, in the handshake line, you can kind of see that there was a. You know, it led up to give him a little brief, you know, what it led up to. I mean, essentially. So. Michigan, or excuse me, Wisconsin was up maybe, like basically the game was decided. They were up by it double digits. Yeah, the game was over with, and um, Wisconsin had their reserves in, I believe, and Michigan decided to press down double scores or double digits, mm-hmm. and Wisconsin's coach, Greg Gard, called a timeout. He was saying in, in order to you know adjust to the press that Michigan was doing, I um, was trolling. Was trolling. You, who who was trolling? Wisconsin's coach? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was trolling. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm gonna let you finish. Oh, you good? We're gonna get into it. We're gonna get into it. Um, and then, oh, so yeah, Wisconsin called a timeout late in the game. Jawan Howard didn't like that, and so when the handshake line ensued, you could see at first there was kind of a grab by Wisconsin's coach Greg Gard. And then you see Jawan Howard kind of say, well, you can't see him say he has his mask on, but he wasn't too kind of that. And there was a discussion at first and then it kind of turned into some pushing and jiving and both benches kind of got into it. And you can see Jawan Howard put what we call Dane a mush (laughs) where you, what? Dang, yeah, dang. You define you define a mush. Would you agree that it was a mush and not a punch? I I would, I would. Yes. And, Okay. In my line of work, we uh, we review quite a bit of these type of situations and altercations, okay. fisticuffs, brawls, things of that nature. This, in my expert opinion, would be, uh, I would call it a mush. Commonly okay. something that's done by perhaps sometimes uh, rappers, maybe some R&B guys uh, in the midst of an intense uh, exchange of words. Uh, a hand goes out and says, with a disrespectful an open intent, hand, of course. Yep. Yes. And you simply push the other person, causing them to either launch their head in a certain direction. Uh, but just the, the ultimate objective is to let them know that I have the upper hand, I'm the man, and, and you are the, the peasant. That's that's yeah. genuinely what goes on in these type of situations, as I have uh, observed in my, my career as a as a mush as a mush a mush analyst, yes, <laughs> a, mush a mush expert. <laughs> definitely definitely a eight point seven out out of ten on the mush scale. Uh, on the mush scale. See if he stepped into it a little bit harder. It, I think it could have got itself more of a nine point two, maybe somewhere close to that. But my expert opinion is definitely a mush. Yeah. So there you have it. That is a mush. A lot of the first tweets coming from different analysts, uh, tweet guys, whatever you want to call them, calling it a punch. Um, no it was punch. a mush, and he mushed the assistant coach, and you kind of see some players kind of swinging back and forth. But but all in all. Jawan Howard ended up getting a five-game suspension along with a $40,000 fine. Had a um, players get suspended one game apiece. Uh, Wisconsin's coach, this is probably the most interesting part, Dane. Wisconsin Wisconsin coach Greg Gard did not get suspended. He only got a $10,000 fine for violating the conference sportsmanship policy. Um, I think there was an incident before last year with – Jawan Howard, mm-hmm. which I don't know if I can't remember exactly what it was, but when this dropped, I thought it was 
like a retread of what happened before, but it was, you know, it happened again. And mm-hmm. so with the five game suspension for Jawan Howard, um, I, I honestly, I agree with because hmm. he's had a situation like this before. Um, not putting blame, total blame on him because it seems like he was provoked. If you look at the video where the other coach kind of like grabbed him, but I mean, it's, it's wrong to, I don't know if it was exactly, he claims he was defending himself in the first comments that he made, but he later apologized. But I think, I think the five game suspension for Jawan Howard is, is a good kind of parameter, but I don't agree with not suspending Wisconsin's coach. Um, I feel like he played a part in escalating it with um, not even during the escalation or the, what do you want to call the scrap, the scrabble, but even afterwards where he did the DX suck it. um, I don't know if you saw that part. He did the DX, you know, I'm talking about degeneration uh, motion towards the, uh, the Michigan bench. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what, the Big Ten's kind of parameter was for that, for not suspending Greg Gar. I think that was a mistake. I think he should have at least got a game or two. Um, I think Jawan Howard's um, – I'm not surprised that he got the five-game suspension because, I mean, he's had previous incidents before, and I think that's why the five-game um, penalty was dropped. What do you think? Oh, deep side. Deep side, no, you finna uh, come with it. See, here's the thing. We have all I care about is fairness, right? We have seen plenty of times over the course of many years, different situations take place, um, different people doing things that are outside the quote-unquote unwritten rules or, or, or whatever, whatever have you. Plenty of instances where this happens, but so many times we have these people that break these rules or have these infractions. We tend to overreact, especially within the first few days or or whatever the case may be. I like to take a historical look at it. Historical context. Yeah, bring, bring it down for me, bro. So we've had coaches get we've we've seen coaches get on the summer jam screen with you know drinking and driving almost killing people or uh, killing or or killing uh, um, and i think jim behind right. yeah and the situation itself is interesting it's like man there's two or three coaches you can think of that had these way more serious infractions get less far less of a suspension so I'm thinking maybe they're just trying to set an example here, or I, I don't, I can't call it. Look, as the old as the old school folks, I can't call it. But I'm, you know, obviously it's an overreaction because it's this is pretty fresh. This is very, I don't know. Point blank being, I think it was an overreaction. Obviously, you know, you being in a position like that, in a position of power and leading. Uh, groups of young men, you have to conduct yourself in such a way that's not only honorable, but that you can honestly say that you look back on and say, you know, I'm proud of myself. Um, that didn't happen. Which, obviously, when you should. said, 
when you, I'm sorry to cut you off. When you said it's an overreaction, it's an overreaction from who? The Big Ten for the oh, punishment? overreaction by the media. No, overreaction by the media, overreaction by those who hand down the punishment. Not to, so this you think is not his to punishment should have been less? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Not five games worth, like, especially from the stuff. Even if he's had incidents before? Yeah, because we're not, we're not talking about, oh, this guy, he, you know, this guy had a, a, a hamster fighting ring, and he, you know, of course, he punched three of his players in the past. And they'll go, "What about that time that he, you know, stormed off into uh, the middle of a conference and grabbed the guy by his, you know, collar?" Like, we're not talking about situations like that. We're talking about small stuff. Obviously, you want to make sure that you're treating everybody that has a position like that fairly. But at the same time, five games for an open, <laughs> an open palmed, an open palm move here. I mean. It's just, it's just weird. There's no type of, there's nothing you can it's say perfect. to justify his actions. Obviously, right? We, I'm, yeah. a, I'm, I'm, I'm not on that train saying, hey man, he just needs to, they ain't lay up. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. But five games just seems like a little too much. But that's just my opinion. But for real, it's just an overreaction. We've seen plenty of times in other sports, you know, benches being cleared and people, you know, throwing like legit throwing hands. We have. A few, a few professional sports where you're, it's okay to throw hands. And for the most part, it's you know, it's encouraged to, to, you know, have the back of your teammate. And we don't see you know five game suspensions and sentences like that, obviously. But you know, it is what it is. Um, it's sending a message to ensure that this type of thing doesn't happen yeah. again or to deter it from happening again. But you know, yeah, free coach out. I think we, yeah, I think we, I think we might disagree on this one, my guy. I think. Think. I can't even I find the think. I definitely disagree with you. Yeah, I think like for him, and he's apologized now. I I just think it's the situation, man. And I'm not trying to put him in a box or a or a uh-huh. uh, kind of a uh-huh. stigma or anything. But I mean, he can't. He can't. You can't mush people, bro. But this is the most chill. Like, think about it. He's the most chill guy from the Fab Five. Like, th- like this is like, wait, ah, yeah, I agree. Is, like, so it's like, whoa, you okay? Surely, you know, something must be. There must be something else at play here. Let's just go ahead and suspend him for about two games. Like, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Like, but five games, just, like, yeah. like two, like just five games seems excessive. And obviously, you know, okay, there's going to be a difference. So we just agree on the number. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, uh, like I said, it seemed like excessive. Like you know. yeah. Whatever people are calling for him to be fired, which that's definitely oh, extreme. Of course. We, of course. We 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 kind of know a glimpse of kind of who those people are, but yeah. um, he should, I think he should be thankful that he even has a job coaching that we gave yeah. him this job. Yeah, I know the kind. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I don't agree with Greg Gard not getting any kind of suspension at all. Uh, $10,000 fines, not anything to this guy, but I think the judge, I mean, the altercation began with him touching Jawan Howard. And so I agree with Jawan, uh, Jawan Howard kind of feeling the way he did, how he reacted, whether mm-hmm. it's right or wrong. Um, but what Greg Gard did with the, you know, the touching in the beginning and then the gestures um, afterwards, I think that should have garnered some kind of suspension, but, here we are, and you know, Jawan Howard can return uh, when conference tournament starts in a few weeks. But um, yeah, you know, the hot takes are gonna fly um, incredibly yeah, crazy with you know 
him people wanting him to be fired and then i think dick vitale tweeted that the handshake line should be stopped like i don't know (laughs) you know i got you know dick vitale i you know he's a college basketball staple he's going through some things right now with his cancer treatment and all that but Mm -hmm. I, i just don't agree with that take at all either because i mean i think it, that part is another part of the overreaction. Like, man, come on, man. This is, have we had incidents constantly pop up in ha- handshake lines? Maybe one or, you know, I don't think it's frequent enough to garner that big of a, a, you know, decision where that shouldn't happen. I mean, sportsmanship, I, I kind of think about, I take it back to, you know, Dane, we didn't play college ball, but we played in high school. And I know a couple of times, like, or you don't get to talk to a guy. I mean, during the game, you're in the middle of the moment playing to your highest potential, trying to win the game. And, you know, you may be going against somebody across the line from you that you have respect for, you know, you admire the way he plays the game, whatever. And uh-huh. the handshake line is where you kind of tell him that, I mean, like what kind of, oppor- or, you know what I'm saying? Like what kind of, athlete they were what how they play like man i respect you as a player all these kind of things that i feel like the handshake line you know kind of embodies if that makes sense like i don't know if i'm going too deep on that but i just think the dick vitale cutting the handshake thing all out is kind of is kind of excessive i don't know at the end of the day shout out to coach howard for composure for keeping his composure all things considered and yeah. i know the old heads liked it you know him getting his, <laughs> uh, him getting his john cheney on so yeah i i ain't, I ain't you know i'm not too pressed about it if anything this is just a little bit a little extra seasoning um on the entire you know college <laughs> basketball <laughs> a little seasoning on the college basketball yeah. outlook especially as we get ahead of you know the yeah. by- march march by-ins. right around the corner how about to say tourney buy-ins Tourney, how, how do we get some more fan buy-in to the tournament? Well, this is certainly yeah. a good way to start. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, getting all eyes on there for sure, bro. Um, free, yeah, bro. Free so, <laughs> free <laughs> uh, <laughs> we talk, I feel like almost every other episode or every episode we talk about NIL and NCAA, man. Um, what 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 is the NCAA in this next one? What are they talking about doing, bro? What what they got on deck? Uh let's see. Let me give a little bit of a snippet to the the audience. Let me go. Yeah, to, let's do that. Let's see. Sorry, I don't know if this is my um mortgage lender. Not me. One second. Take your time, brother. Dane's taking a call right now, and we'll be back right after these messages. That's the whole issue I have, bro, is because you're in the house buying process. I don't want to ignore calls anymore and spam because I've been mm-hmm. ignoring calls for like the past few years. But now oh, I still I do pick up, yeah. pick up every call because I'm like, OK, this could be you my, yep. you know, my, my money guy or this can be a, my builder. This could be my inspector. Like all these things. I was like, every time I get a call, it's like, oh, let me take. This. So it's helped me get out of a bunch of meetings, though, too. It works. So that's kind of <laughs> a cool thing. <laughs> oh, oh, I gotta take this. Oh, it's like I gotta take this. Yeah. Um. Okay. Um. So here we go. This the headline alone is should grab plenty of your attention. Um. This is from the Athletic. The entire Athletic staff was put out on February nineteenth. 
NCAA Board of Directors asking Division I Council to review impact of NIL on student-athletes. So what does this think? For, for those of you listening, where do you think this could be going? Like, this could be a situation like, hey, maybe they're talking about, you know, uh, increasing the, the, the earning potential for these athletes. Or it could be a sense of, wait a minute, I think we've given these guys a little bit too much power. We need to ring this back in. Let's uh, – Let's get our team on the line and see what's going on here. Yep. We, need, we need to put a stop Probably to this. Probably the latter. Yeah, so it's one thing. It's not only untimely, but it seems like we haven't even – there hasn't even been a single year, like a full year of this being on the mm-hmm. table before you guys try to ruin and, and piss on the parade. Like we finally get some sort of equal ground for, for any – equal ground against any type of competitive advantages that some big programs might have over smaller programs. We finally, we finally get that. And there, here we go again. Like mm-hmm. the yeah. it's, and it's frustrating. It's, it's frustrating Deontay because we haven't. It's, it's too little too late. Like, yeah, we, like we talked about this, you know, on many episodes before, um, when we brought Jay Billis in, you know, he talked about yeah. the impact of it and how the NCAA has been dragging their feet on almost all the big time issues when it comes to NIL. And this is just like a too little, too late. Like when I first read this, I was like, man, what? And I'm sure teams are like, like, what are you going to do at this point? Right? right. Because the cat's already out the bag. The cat's already out the bag. Like, you know, we've seen these crazy NIL deals and shout out to the guys that are getting these deals. Right. Make your money. Right. Like we, we talk about this. Um, there's an interesting part of the article and I will link this article in the description for the podcast for people that want to read it as well. Oh, yeah. Um, I completely got away from reading it because I got so yeah, like pissed yeah, off about it's, it again. Sorry. It's fine. It's, yeah. Basically, <laughs> it's just it's just. You know, the board of directors are trying to figure out, okay, how can we, like Dane mentioned, how can we bring this back in? You know, these crazy deals are coming from left left and right um, from the NIL. Too much money being made. Too much money being made, essentially. <laughs> and like you had mentioned, Dan, hadn't even been a full year. Uh, right. NIL went in effect on July 1st. And we've seen all these crazy deals. But the interesting part of this article, um, it says what factors led to the review, led to this, you know, decision. Somebody snitching. Somebody well, said, that's what it is. Oh. In, in a sense, yes. And so it says NIL money has exploded into a recruiting tool quicker than many administrators had envisioned. With talks of NIL football recruiting pools getting larger than $10 million through collectives and practically an admission from the NCAA that it can't do anything to enforce the rules, these administrators want to figure out a way to get a hold of it. There are plenty of smaller social media-focused NIL deals for athletes which was expected and encouraged, but boosters, this is the crazy part, the boosters and fans pulling money together to land high school recruits or transfers is something they want to take a look at. So, like, these aren't, you know, like, that was part of the NIL deal. Like, it can't be the schools paying the players. Like, it can't be from the schools. And so what we've seen, it's been boosters, it's been fans, like, it's been, like, dealership, like, all these you know, different entities that are not associated pay. with the school. They're not on the right. school's payroll, technically. Right. And I, I will say this. I will ask you a question about this because I think th- there is that part where, like, 
the smaller, like, you know, this is going to be an advantage, or I think it's an advantage for the bigger schools that have the money, like the USC's, the LSU's, the Florida's, Florida State's, right? So the disadvantage comes to those smaller schools that don't have the necessary cash or, you know, the people, boosters or whatever supporting. (laughs) Do you, yeah, okay, I see you say, and do you agree that that's a disadvantage to those smaller schools that don't have the loot to get those recruits? No, no, I don't think it's a disadvantage at all. The only reason I say that the main reason why I said it is just be, it depends on who these schools are hiring, which, what type of players or what type of adults in leadership are you putting around your programs to ensure they're not only drawing in the, the players that you want, but you get your foot in the door to even talk to them. Cause some players, it, not only, not only potential players, but some family members, you're not even going to get your foot in the door if you're just sending any bozo head coach out here. So it depends on who you got in the forefront. I said that to say this. One prime example that I have, and it's the only example that I'm going to use, Deion Sanders. We mm-hmm. saw what Deion Sanders has been doing over the past few months, the guys that he's been stealing from these Power Five you know, conferences. Like, it's insane in an amazing, in an amazing way. This is insane, the, what he's been able to do in but- flipping some of these – is well, go ahead, man. I'll let you finish. I'll let you finish. No, 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 no finish, no, finish, no. finish. I, I forgot my train of thought. Go ahead, brother. I'm sorry. I, I it sounded like you were on a roll, too. I was, but it's all good. Um, the number one, what was the name of the recruit that he signed? Travis, Travis, uh, I'm, did he sign an NIL deal? Yeah, I think it was something with Barstool, maybe something. It, it might have been a Barstool, right? And that's if remember. it's Barstool, that's Dion right there. True. But again, that's he can't help it if Barstool decides they want to reach out to him and and provide any type of monetary incentives to, or incentives to, for him to come play for him like that. He, he can't help that. Right. And the same but way, if, yeah, if we're going to take him. No, I was going to say that's the thing because I took the question. This a question was essentially like the schools that don't have that money, right? So mm-hmm. technically, I mean, big schools. You said bar, big Barstool. This is a big school. This is a big school. No. Though. No, I'm saying it's yeah, it's a small school, but it has right. that advantage of Dion with Barstool. Right. That's because the school decided to put that particular bring a particular person like that onto their campus to put them in charge okay. of bringing I see in, what you're saying. Like, when I, now, the whole point that I'm trying to make is the school the small schools can't help being small schools. That's 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 what it is. Mm-hmm. However, they have the ability to bring in key pieces to their pro- to ensure that their program can compete with those bigger schools. They might not have the athletes on day one, but they can. If you flip a recruit like that, the number one athlete in the country, if you flip a recruit like that, that is going to send a ripple effect to athletes nationwide. About you know what, there might be something going on over there at Jackson. Like I need to go check check that out, see what's going on with that one. I want to see what yeah. that be like. I'm trying to get a yeah. like you know what I'm yeah. saying so. I, for for me, I just can't put. I I think Jackson State is a different category. I know what you're saying about what <laughs> what Dion brings to Jackson State through his, but right. that's like still through his deal. Like so, you allegedly. have like a man. You know, okay, allegedly, allegedly, We ain't about to talk about it on these other big programs, but you're gonna single out Dion. We ain't finna do that. No, so, I'm saying the the argument was small school. It is a small school. 
Right. So we're saying the, we're saying the same <laughs> we're saying the same thing essentially. But I, okay. I can't put Jackson State in that. In I thought that, you were trying uh, to put an asterisk beside my one example that I was only going to use. Because, no, no. Yeah, I was but, just saying I can't put Jackson State in that small school um, category because they have Dion, who has Barstool. That makes sense. I guess. I, 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 I like this. We and we don't I, disagree I, I a lot. Yes, I, like I see what you're okay. doing. But I will agree with you on this. You said the schools have to make sure they bring in a guy that can handle it and can reputable. you know yeah. be reputable and be Get that foot in that door. Right, and I, I will say that, and I will take it another angle. What's up? Like when the NIL deal dropped, it changed college football forever. Thanks. Right. And I think for those schools that still want to compete on that level mm-hmm. and they don't have the money, like it's now, it's more important now than ever to get a head coach that can build relationships with guys, like not based on what they can give them um, and on a money front. Like if you're here for education, that's going to be, you know, I, I think there's still top recruits out there that aren't looking for NIL deals. They're looking for like an education. They're looking for a chance to win a championship, um, whatever it may be like NIL is not a priority on every single recruits list. Um, so I think it's important for the schools to get coaches that can kind of navigate the NIL situation for sure, but also like actually connect with the student athletes and, um, build trust with them, build a connection, communication, those kind of things to where like I'm committing because of X, Y, and Z that's besides the NIL thing. Like that makes sense. I think that's important for, I mean, cause the small schools, they probably won't ever, you know, like be able to compete on the money scale. So where can you be an advantage going against those other teams? All it takes is one. All it takes is one. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just a, we're going to, with them finally allowing players to make a, a dime or a buck off of their own selves, it's a, not only a breath of fresh air, but it gives them a hope and opportunity to start being businessmen. Because the, the, the end goal, you look at, I say 99% of the guys that go play college ball, the end goal is I want to go to the NFL. 90, I'm going to say 99% because I don't know all of them. But many of them, when you hear them talk, when you hear them in interviews, when you hear them in pressers, they're, the goal is to make it to the next level, to be the best, compete on the biggest stage. And what bigger stage than the National Football League? To get there is a not only a dream, but you're, you're being at the ideal program or being at an ideal program provides you with the opportunity to get there getting to those big universities or even small universities um, with these athletes having the, or athletes having the ability to make money off of themselves. That's huge. Uh, 18 year olds, sometimes 17 year olds, you tell them, Hey, you have the opportunity to make a few hundred thousand dollars just because, you know, you, you are who you are. And Hey, by the way, if you appear in this commercial, you can blah, 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 blah. Like that's huge. So for me to, you know, to just sit here and act like, you know, to sit here and not make a big deal out of it. Cause it is a big deal when you have these guys that don't even allow a year for something to take place. 
to try to backpedal and say, wait a minute, we need to, we seen this is getting a little bit too big. No, my, and I love conspiracies. I'm putting on my tinfoil <laughs> do-rag. Do it. Do this it. has, this has Dabo Sweeney written all over it. This is, I'm blaming all this on him. He'd been a hater since before this even became a thing, before this came reality, he'd been a hater for players, you know, having or empowering players and then being able to make decisions um, and of course being influenced to make decisions based on um, extrinsic motivation, if you will. So I think this is Dabo's fault. I th- you know what? If I'm going to name a snitch, it's Dabo. Dabo probably did this. He probably sent one of his, sent one, took a picture of a player, you know, accepting some money from a booster at another university. Like, hey man, uh, this doesn't look right. And sent it in an anonymous email to the power city. So this is probably this is his fault. Oh, that, dude's been a fans on the yeah, that dude, that dude's been a hater, man. That dude's been a yeah, hater. Yeah, we but. yeah, he's uh he's not had he's not been fond of players getting paid. Didn't he say he was gonna retire? Yeah, that the day the players get paid or hey, something like that. Yeah, I, I end up coaching. I'm like, uh bro, you realize yeah. that you have been one of you have had one of the most successful programs in the last 10 or 15 years. And you mean to tell me that no type of coloring outside the lines has led you to that? That's what you tell. Yeah. That's what you've been allowed to tell. So now that the playing fields are even, now now it's a problem because everybody else is essentially getting to do it the same thing that you and pretty pretty much any other big it's, program has been doing. And you know we talked about this too, and we getting on a tangent, but I had to say this part with I don't the care. thing. Um, I think like that goes back to other issues that certain coaches were having, you know, along with the NIL with the transfer rule, transfer portal as well, when oh, players it. can have the decision to go where they want. I love but, it. But you know, coaches do it all the time, right? Oh, they leave, middle of the season sometimes, you know, right? Middle of the season, games. middle of the middle of the recruiting, right? Right when recruiting started. You know, you the Manny Diaz situation you s- about years ago. Sit in somebody's living room and promise them that they have an opportunity yeah. to compete for a starting job and then two weeks later you gone to another university bringing half of your damn players with you. I ain't trying to, I ain't trying to hear it. Nope. Oh, how the turntables. <laughs> oh, how the turntables. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Basically, Dane, like, you know, like we both said, the NCAA is kind of a, in another too late or too little, too late situations, but we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Yes. Yeah. Um, man. So this past weekend, Dane, NBA had its all-star weekend in uh, Cleveland. Snooze face. I asked you in uh before we recorded in our pre pre production meeting if you had watched the uh yeah, you know I gotta keep it professional the, the pre pro. Uh if you watched the uh off, any all star weekend festivities, you said you watched to which I replied, I watched enough. I, enough. I watched what I needed to see. I watched what I needed yeah. to see. Um which wasn't and very much. There's a lot of debate on the dunk contest once again. Um, I feel like we have this conversation every year about the dunk contest in the NBA. It's it, in my notes. I put uh, mm, NBA All Star Week. I put dunk contest cook with a question mark, and I think it's cook. He getting uh, cooked. He getting cooked. There was a percentage. Somebody had put the percentage of. I don't think any participant in the dunk contest made their first attempt on a dunk. Their percentage is like they were like twenty six percent on dunks. Which uh. is less than the three point contest. So put that in perspective. Okay. But Obi Toppin Ooh. ended up winning from the New York Knicks. Um, there were no fifties handed hey, the out. Knicks won. Yeah. Knicks <laughs> Knicks won something. Uh, but yeah, there were no fifties handed out. I think I don't know if that's a first, but um, yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of where 
we are with the uh, Pro Bowl in the NFL. Mm. Um, not, not. I mean, they're different situations. The NFL yeah. Pro Bowl is kind of where players don't want to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, it's they're putting on pads, but it's really touch football dunk contest. It just seems like um, they're trying to tweak the rules every year, but it just seems like it's just like it's, it's unbearable on. to watch. Like that's where it's on the same level as the Pro Bowl. Like you can't. I watched it just to be able to talk about it on the pod, but it was so bad, bro. It's I appreciate the worst your noble sacrifice. Yeah, I, I laid it. I laid it down for the pod, but um, I I don't know what can be done. Maybe I I don't know. I I don't know. Um, what what do you think of All Star Weekend from what what you watched uh or what you saw, man? Deontay, I have long applauded the efforts that the NBA or the culture that NBA All-Star Weekend has built and an entire mm-hmm. weekend of an events where you get to see celebrities, players, former players, entertainers all collide into one big pot for a few weeks, you know, for a few days out of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, let alone, I mean, obviously with it being in the middle of the season, that's also juicy, keeps it juicy because we still have our best basketball has yet to come. Um, the issue that I have is not that the All-Star Weekend was a letdown. It was the fact that the All-Star Weekend was a letdown and in the same season, the NFL Pro Bowl was a letdown. We have always had situations in the past where one was good, one was bad. They both were good. This is the first time I can remember or recall, someone correct me if I'm wrong, that both professional sports that I enjoy watching, they both flopped during that particular weekend in terms of... So- oh, go ahead. You just meant the dunk contest in general or the all-star game? I actually enjoyed the all-star game. I, I'll leave I the all-star game out I, of it. But yeah. the the dunk contest, we, we essentially, if you're, if you're thinking of some, if, if you're considering events that you have to watch, dunk contest, mm-hmm. celebrity all-star, all-star Like stuff game, that's going to be on social media, three, right? Three-point yeah. contest, that's the kind of things mm-hmm. you get. That's what you look for. Mm-hmm. The dunk contest was awful. Mm-hmm. Three-point contest. Uh, who won the three-point contest? Oh, uh, Anthony <laughs> Towns. Town. The like, best big no, man. The I, best I, shooting I big man in NFL yeah, history. I don't know what he talking about with NBA that. NBA history. Like, I, what the that? Anyway. I don't think the three-point – like, the past few years, the three-point contest to me has been okay. Like, I mean – I'm saying, like, overall. Overall. Overall To me – the overall experience of the can't see or can't miss moments on NBA All-Star Weekend, those particular moments, it it flopped. Yeah. In my opinion, it yeah. flopped. Obviously, mm-hmm. the game itself, you know, that's that's different. That's a, I'm going to put that in the whole category by itself. But it flopped for the most part. And this is, for me at least, Dane B's point of view, this is the first time in a long time where both professional sports in that particular setting flopped big time or just underperformed mm-hmm. or didn't sell me. I wasn't wild. I wasn't like, oh, I got to watch this. Like, you think of dunk contests with, you know, and this is this is recent. You're Blake Griffins. Whew, excuse me. You're Dwight Howard's the theatrics with the, the cape. Like, uh-huh. we didn't have that moment. And then the Aaron, the, like, the Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine. That was, we a, didn't, that we was didn't probably have the last great one. The last great one. And that mm-hmm. one, 
you know it was great because it ended with so many people to this day pissed off that the, the person they didn't, mm-hmm. you know, didn't think won. But it's like we didn't have that moment, bro. Like obviously Okay. Okay. Oh, I was to say, how do you how do you change or what I got what a solution. do you do? Okay. Many times, many times I have problems and I'll vent rants about it and vents about it on the podcast. And I was like, I don't have <laughs> like, a yeah, what what would you do, Dane? <laughs> what you do? Yeah. So we gotta change up the format a little bit. We gotta okay. get a little creative. Um oftentimes we don't even have the best dunkers in the NBA participating in the, the, the players don't even want to. Yeah. 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 They yeah. don't even want to be a part of it. We have to incentivize it. How do you incentivize it? The thing that makes the dunks or the things that makes dunking in the NBA amazing and memorable is the person the one, the situation, the timeliness and the person that inevitably gets dunked on and gets put on a poster. Oh, I know you're going with this. We have to have this in some sort of fashion format situation where there is a defender and a ball handler, pause, and a situation where your defender is trying to prevent or trying not to end up on the poster. And of course, your ball handler, your person that's in the dunk contest, is trying to put the other person on a poster. Trying to put the other person on a poster. No, you're trying to say that fast. Trying to put the other person on a poster. Okay. We gotta have that. We gotta have that situation, and obviously, it changes everything because we haven't had that in the past in the dunk in the formal dunk contest. It's always been like a you know one person out there, Jordan taking off from the free throw line, or somebody jumping over a car, or somebody using a celebrity prop, holding the ball up, or somebody doing blindfold or trying to do a blindfold. Like it's always been something like that. But the only solution I have at this point, somebody's got to get dunked on. There has to be a sacrificial yeah. lamb, and there, there's again, that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, but if you're I, asking me a solution, that's all I got. I think I, I like I actually like that idea. I think we've gotten to the point, like you mentioned, where stars don't want to be in the dunk contest anymore. So I think my solution would be um, get those social media YouTube dunkers that be doing these insane dunks on the web or whatever, and you bring them on the big stage and you have them do crazy dunks on. Mm. The big stage at All Star Weekend. Mm. I mean, I get, why not? I get, eh, I get just because we don't saying. know who they are. True, and it's like this is the because a NBA, lot of the times I've seen the NBA All Star yeah. Weekend. That's the only. That's the only okay. thing. I was like, unless I don't know how this will work. But let me piggyback because my argument idea. that I've seen I've, don't. don't I've seen people just say like there are dunks we've haven't seen or there's so many like we've seen all the dunks. Right. No, we haven't. No, the hell we haven't. That's no, what I'm we saying. Haven't. They, no, we haven't. Um, the only objection that I have to your idea or solution is the fact that we don't know some of these dudes. Your your average Joe isn't going to know some of these dudes. But I got it. I'm a little revision, a little slight revision. Instead of random YouTube user eighteen forty two underscore baller instead of having him come on to the nba all-star uh you know dunk contest how about a guy that might end up in the nba or that's in the g league or in the g league we have current players that are you know they're getting ready (laughs) they're getting ready for the tournament that's probably not going to be a good idea either damn let's think about it i mean they got they used uh uh younger brother that's in the g league he was in the 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 uh skills challenge so i mean you could bring g leaguers up maybe that's 
maybe that's maybe, something, man. Maybe the best um, way would just be doing it with, with college basketball players. And yeah. I don't know. Maybe they can change the culture. Cause, but all it takes is one. All you need is yeah. LeBron James to be in there one time. And all of a sudden, you know what? I yeah. think I should, I have to do it. But he'll never do it. Nah, he ain't never do it. Leave it to Skip Bayless. He'll let you know every time the dunk contest happens that it's LeBron's fault that is the way it is now. I mean, he's not wrong. Look at telling that's one of your LeBron fans. It, psh, they're not going to take that too well. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Dan, the, uh, like we mentioned, the, uh, the All-Star weekend was in Cleveland. And Cleveland is, you know, where our guy, LeBron James, your guy, my guy, right? <laughs> LeBron James <laughs> played, you know, a majority of his career, brought him a title in 2016. And, you know, he was talking with the media about, you know, his son coming into the league in a few years. And he essentially said, Bronny's year in the league will be, or excuse me, his last year in the league, LeBron's last year, will be played with his son, Bronny. Wherever his son is, that's where he'll be. Like, he basically said that, quote-unquote. And I believe Bronny is a junior right now at Sierra Canyon. Um, so that leaves, what, like three or four two, more years? Three years? Two more years, the very least. Um, the very, now, done, the way he worded it was kind of interesting. He said his last year, meaning LeBron's last year, will be played with Bronny. Now, not necessarily, that's not necessarily saying he wants to play with Bronny his rookie year, but he's saying his last season in NBA, whenever that is, he wants to be on the it's same LeBron, team. As it's a LeBron son. interview. It's very cryptic. Always right. On. You know how LeBron is. So basically, he's saying to all the teams in the NBA, you get my son, you got me on my way out. Um, <laughs> that's, Jeez. I mean, you're LeBron, like, that's a LeBron type of move, right? Like, I'm not surprised. Like, it's been talked about, rumored for a while that he wants to play with We've his son. We've seen the horrible I photoshops think, that everybody keeps right. putting out. But I think wasn't I shit, think bro. this is the first time he actually came out and said it. Yeah. I know we heard rumors, but uh, what do you think about Bronny and LeBron? I think, I think it would be a cool – it would be really cool. It's never happened before. Playing with your son in the league – um, what do you think, bro? Another deep side. Uh oh. So I I have a, a number of things. I think honestly, as a parent, that'd be dope. Me having the two years of experience that I have as a parent, that'd be cool to see fleshed out on on TV. Someone that is not only consider one of the greatest players of all time, an athletic spectacle, uh, a career man in terms of his entrepreneurship and philanthropy, getting the opportunity to play on the big stage with his son is that would be huge. As a fan, that's cool. As a player, I'm feeling some kind of way. I'm up here trying to chase greatness, trying to be the best that I can be, you know, put my team on the map and you out here using this as some sort of circus, essentially some publicity, not a publicity stunt, but for lack of a better word, a publicity stunt so that, you know, nice little article can be written a little mini documentary sponsored by Netflix and, and ESPN 30 for 30 
because you want to share the floor with your kid. Like at this point, he said, you know, money isn't going to be an option or money isn't going to be a factor. And that, mm-hmm. again, it's like, how do you, as a coach or as a front office, how do you sell that idea to people who are legit trying to not only better themselves, but trying to bring their team a ring, but how do you sell that to your players without alienating the locker room? Yeah, let's be, let's down, going, down the road or now? Down the road. No, down the road. Mm-hmm. As this happens to whatever team Bronny ends up going to or whatever the case may be, sitting in that front office and say, you know what? We're going to make it happen. We're going to pull the trigger on the blank. Yeah. How do you explain that to your locker room? Like, Because it's not there for, I'm, you know, I'm here to help this team better. It's there for enjoyment. And obviously the game is supposed to be fun. You're supposed to enjoy it. Yeah. But thinking of it from the player's point of view, some of those guys, they, they're out here trying to get it, bro. Yeah. Like, and they don't I, want, you know, some sort of sideshow like this. Not only I'm not saying yeah. it'll be a distraction to the team, but there are other motives at play here that other players might have that this might be a slap in their face. Like, hey, like I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to get it here. I'm trying to go down as one of the greatest. And this is what I yeah. gotta, you know, deal with in, in on the side. So that's my take on yeah. it. What what you got? What you got, G? Yeah. I I see what you're saying. I think for a lot of players, I think they'll embrace it because it's LeBron, one of the greatest to do it. I think also, like, I'll take it a step back. I think players are used to it now, playing Le- with LeBron and what comes with that, right? Circus. Because the the circus <laughs> and, you know, we talk about LeBron, the GM, you know, every time the trade deadline comes the around team. and the team's not playing well, like, and if you're a teammate of LeBron, you got to be looking at your phone every few seconds to see well, what I might be. I might, I might have a new home. Like, I'd be Carlos Kuzma. Right, right. I think you know in the in the time where we are now in the NBA, where you know player movement is so fluid and rapid. I think like teams that right. I think teams or players that play with LeBron understand that um, you know I could be moved at like any moment because we that that's how it's been like whether he moves or like whatever team he's been on, we didn't see it this past trade deadline. The Lakers didn't make any moves, but most of the time it's been, um, you know, LeBron, the GM quote unquote, like player movement has been very rapid and things like that. So I think, um, overall, like I understand what you're saying. Of course that that's going to be an impact. Like wherever LeBron goes, every, like, the media aspect changes for that team, for that franchise. And so um, I think it's just another instance where um, down the line, you're going to see how it impacts a franchise. Now it'll be interesting to see if he goes to a team. Like I saw a a Photoshop of Oklahoma city. And I think I told you about that. How interesting, like if Bronny goes to Oklahoma city and LeBron goes to Oklahoma city, like what that would do for that franchise, like a small media market, you know what I'm saying? And so mm-hmm. um, we'll have to see down the line how it goes, but uh, I think it'll definitely be a cool moment for, of course, LeBron and Bronny, but also the NBA. But um, Oh, one other thing, Dan, I forgot to put in the notes, but uh, at halftime of the All-Star weekend, they celebrated the top 75 players that were voted on with a different um, throughout the NBA and stuff like that. And there was a cool moment between Michael Jordan and LeBron. Did you see that when they kind of embraced each other? Yeah. Um, a lot of people along with other uh, things with MJ. 
Yeah, along with other things. And and, and I thought and I wanted to say this on the pod. I don't I don't think I tweeted. I think I tweeted the video and I said, uh, life is short, embrace the moment, spread love. And yeah. I tweeted that because you know, there's with the media and the the talk of who's the greatest of all time between Mike and LeBron, you feel like it had to cause some animosity, friction, whatever you want to call it between the two. And competitors, yeah, absolutely. Com- competitors, right? And mm-hmm. you know they, you know, feel like they got respect for each other. But absolutely, I think with in in that particular moment for me, and I don't know what they were thinking in their heads. Like we've never seen like the you know the casual person like the world has never seen LeBron and MJ embrace like that. Am I right? I don't think yeah, I've ever seen it. It was, it was powerful. It, right, it was a thing of beauty. Like, and that's going and so, to be amazing moving forward. Right, in the future. and and so what I thought about immediately was Kobe, mm-hmm. and how you know we and of course the Bryant family lost somebody so iconic, so legendary, and I think with you know with Kobe being gone, and for me in my mind. I was kind of just thinking like, man, with all the debates that go on on social media, with all the debates that go on on sports talk shows, all the debates that go on between you and your friend every day walking between, you know, all those debates you have at Thanksgiving dinner, Christmas about Mm -hmm. Jordan, LeBron, Jordan, LeBron, Jordan, LeBron, LeBron, Jordan. I think for them, I think that was a moment just like, man, you're great. I'm great. We're great. Let's just not. I think it was just like a moment to kind of think about why they're both important and mm-hmm. why like these, it, when you take a step back, sometimes these debates can be a little too much. And that, I don't know. That just came in my head. Like with, with, you know, how we lost Kobe and like, dang, it's just a life is short kind of, moment and i think that's what i felt they felt in that moment just like man let's just you know we both have love for each other we both have respect for one each other or one another let's just Mm -hmm. realize that we're here realize that life is short and embrace and just show each other love that's what i kind of got out of that i just wanted to say that on the pod that's that's solid that's solid bro um i think with a moment a tragic moment of you know what happened um to Kobe Bryant and and the others that were on the flight with him, like um, I think moments like this personify what's important, just living in the moment. And I think that was maybe MJ and LeBron's way of giving each other their flowers, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes, that's exactly. Life life is short. We know it. Life is short. And I think the world needed to see that even those who are going to go right back to regular schedule programming, (laughs) go back to, you know, well, he still has six rings and he only has four. Like, that was a moment they needed to see. Even if it lasted just for a few moments for them, it was, it was a powerful thing to see. Two dope, like, literally best athletes of their time, most iconic athletes of their time. And I think, Bronze, if he's not a billionaire, I think he's probably going to be one in a few years, um, if not, you know, at least a decade or so. But two yeah. very powerful men in terms of, uh, athletic stature and, and bank. So shout out to them, man. Yeah. Shout out to the, just the beautiful 
videos and pictures and, and good laps that we got yeah. to see because of All-Star Weekend because it was seeing all those old heads, Marvel, and mm-hmm. some of these young guys or current guys was like, yes, this is like, this is mm-hmm. what, these, this is what we need to see because so many, so, so often we only get to see the negative side of a former player talking about them back in my day, we wouldn't do this and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Like, we got to see them marvel at each other. Like guys, yeah. hey, I grew up watching you. Thank you. I'm mm-hmm. sharing the court with you. Like, don't yep. so. But you yep. said it. You said it perfectly in the tweet, man. Just live for yep. the moment. Yep. Beautiful moment, man. But in the NFL, my guy, we got the combine coming up next week, March 3rd through the 6th. And there was some rumblings, Dane, about a potential boycott of the 2022 NFL scouting combine because of COVID-19 policies, right? And so in in a nutshell, the NFL was not allowing the um, only allowing one medical support person to assist for each athlete. And there was a lot of debate about why uh, from the NFL's perspective, they were taking the COVID protocols into effect. That's what, that was their argument on their end from the players end, it was more so, okay, the atmosphere, um, you know, we're on a turf. Like there are a lot of injuries that happen. They were changing the schedule as far as how many lifts or excuse me. I think they had it where the bench and the 40 were in the same day, which it wasn't like that before. So it was a lot of different changes that the NFL was making that the NFL PA didn't like, and they were on the verge of a boycott. Um, But Adam Schefter tweeted on Monday that Mm -hmm. the uh, combine has been unbubbled, quote unquote, for players in attendance. And I'll kind of summarize it. It says, as, as has been the case throughout the pandemic, we continue to evolve our combine policies and procedures in consultation with medical experts. While masks continue to be required for air travel and during medical exams at the combine, wearing a mask at other times while on site is recommended but not required. We encourage all players to remain within the secure combine areas at all times. And I think the big argument, Dane, was just about the you know players wanted to bring some of the medical uh, staff. Mm-hmm. Um, from for their own purposes and issues, and the NFL is kind of kind of limiting limiting that. But it seems like that you know is kind of under wraps right now. What do you what do you kind of think about that situation? At first, the whole idea was how is this my thought process? How is this going to affect the NFL's bottom line? The bottom line being, is there going to be money lost? If there's going to be money lost. Some restrictions will be loosened. That's what my first thought process was. Second thought process was like, well, if these guys gather together, there are strength in numbers. We might see some change. But in my head, as an amateur athlete, they're amateur athletes at this point. There's no way I can rationalize this working because of the fist that the NFL brings. Um, but, of course, once you get in, dive in, deep into the details, you understand that some of their – uh, concerns were warranted that, where there's no reason there should be no reason for players to be examined by 32 separate team doctors mm-hmm. like the redundancy of the testing i understand that um this for this process to for the nfl to be in their you know number you know countless number of decades of doing this it still hasn't been perfected a multi we're talking about a, a multi-billion with a b billion dollar 
engine that still hasn't streamlined the process of, you know, checking medicals for players. Like it still hasn't done, been done properly. So I get it. The player concerns are very warranted. No one wants to be poked and prodded and, and measured for, by 32 different teams. I get that. I understand that. That's that's completely understandable. Um, but I was, it's interesting that they folded the way that they did. But I guess it makes sense when you consider all the businesses or all the business that the NFL Combine brings to those, you know, to, to what is it? Uh, Indianapolis, right? Mm-hmm. To Indianapolis. Yeah. All the big business that all those players bring to, you know, that particular city at that particular time. And just to take a, another layer to it, back in the early 90s, this wasn't a big spectacle. This wasn't on TV. The, the The combine wasn't some sort of event. This was, you read about this in a newspaper or you, if you were, you know, one of the kids at a camp or if you're one of the person that works at a campus and you'd have, you know, the the early information about, you know, pro days and stuff like that. But this wasn't some sort of big event the way it is now. Like now it's a huge event. It didn't used to be like this. And because the NFL found a way to make money off of it, that's why it's a big deal now. But yeah. of course, and, it goes back to the whole idea I had: how can this affect the bottom line? And of course, yeah. with you have 150 like, or so players threatening to boycott, it's like that might change a few things. So, yeah, I was that wrong. Might have, that might wrong. affect that money. Yeah, I was wrong when I when you initially told me about that. I was like, yeah, uh-huh. that's not going to work. That's not. That, there's no way. Yeah, because I, I thought back to other instances where the professional athletes couldn't stick together and put their damn minds together and, and do something in unison. Um, sure. You know what I'm talking about, but they mm-hmm. couldn't even do it, but this is a new age of uh this is a new age of athletes, bro. I think they understand yeah. that this is a business and they have the power. The strength is in numbers and uh, shout out to them, bro. Like, cause it was it's yeah. like 150 players represented by like 150. 14 different agencies. Yeah. Like that's, and it's like, bro, that is huge, bro. Like it's like, the NFL can't, ah. like you mentioned, about them, the scouting combine becoming an event where, you know, mm-hmm. you can watch it on NFL Network starting on March 3rd through the right. 6th. And it's like, what's a combine without the players? You can't have it. That's going to affect mm-hmm. the, the the money coming in, right? So but, what can we do to change this to, to appease them? You just said something. The combine is going to be te- like televised. Bro, we are watching grown-ass men being measured how much they weigh and how tall they are and hand size. But we're watching this on TV. Mm -hmm. What the heck? Like, that is crazy when you think about it. This is what we're we're watching these dudes run 40 yards twice. Mm -hmm. Like, legit. Like, the NFL makes money off of this. So, for them, I think that just adds to the magnitude. For me, at least, I'm just under, I'm conceptualizing understanding this in the moment. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a big deal, bro. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah. Right. Um, you put a, you put a yeah. bow on that one, bro. Like, like I that's, think damn, that's it, crazy, it's, bro. It's bottom line. Like it, it's become a spectacle. Mm-hmm. Um, NFL is at a point like, okay, let's not squash it, but let's handle this where we can get back to the money because we have this event coming next week. Like, you know, or wait. Yeah. Next week. Yeah. It's next week. Bro. Yeah. A few years ago, freaking Adidas was offering a contract to whoever ran the fastest forty and freaking 40. Adidas. Like yeah. that. Do you hear, like, bro? These men do haven't even. This? Yeah, like they haven't even signed a rookie deal yet. You're offering the millions of dollars to run a forty, bro. That is crazy. Yeah, man. But it's like 
this new age, these these athletes, these guys, they 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 got it. That right mm-hmm. there, they these owners better watch out in terms of knowing they they're not they're not about to pull that crap on these kids. I mean, some yeah. of the other guys might be conditioned to just falling in line because that's just what that's just what the culture's been. But hey, these, shout out to these cats, bro. Shout out to yeah. these youngins, man. They they ain't don't mess with them because they realize already the strength is in their numbers. So shout out to them, yep. bro. Yep. And then Brian Flores, bro, the former Miami Dolphins head coach. About a week ago, he was About hired by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Amid the, you know, we had talked about his lawsuit before um, suing the NFL for what we, what did he, what was it called? I don't know the exact word, but basically suing about the hiring practices of the NFL. Um, Hired by Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers as the senior defensive assistant slash linebackers coach. Scary. And from. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Quote from Mike Tomlin. I'm excited about Brian Flores joining our coaching staff, given his history of developing and teaching defensive players during his time in the NFL. Brian's resume speaks for itself, and I look forward to ha- to him adding his expertise to help our team. Questions for you. One, were you surprised that he got hired this cycle? I was hella surprised. I was too. I was because the thing about it was when I heard about it, all I read was hired. Mike or Mike Flores, Brian Flores has been hired. And I was like, wait a minute. Is this a prediction article or is this an outdated article? Somebody pulling up old tweets and trying to pass them up as new tweets. And then I read who was out. I was like, okay, that makes sense. Mike Tomlin, like the, the Steelers organization has been far more progressive than all the other organizations. But I wanted to, I should have, um, I should have, I should have hit up Sean to see what, see what his thoughts were about it. I know, sure right. He, Cause he, you know, he's. You talk about somebody that's plugged in, and I, I said this before, and I'll say it again. You will never find a bigger fan of any team than Sean and his OU Sooners and his Pittsburgh Steelers. Like you will never find a bigger fan of either of those two programs than Sean Moore. But should have, you know, checked him out and see how, see what he thought about it, because I'm sure he would have brought some insightful information to it. But that's huge. But the impact that he has. The impact that Brian Flores has on defense, because he's a defensive-minded coach, mm-hmm. and the already existing culture of Pittsburgh, they're known, their identity is known for hitting you in the mouth defense. Like we're yeah. we're going to knock you the hell out defense. Like, bro, like that's what like, other guy brings that mentality than bro seen from Brian Flores, and I'm happy he you know he got a job. Um, I think we will see him back as a head coach, like yeah. especially get him getting hired so quick by Indeed Pittsburgh. Time. I think we'll definitely see him back as a head coach. So, so I was shout wrong out again. to uh, I was wrong. I said he signed his retirement yeah. papers. That's yeah. what I said. He I think signed everybody his said that. Um, I mean, as a head coach, we'll. I mean, it's, we'll still see if he gets there. I think we yeah. both agree that he will. Um, but Hope but so. time will tell, man. Yeah. Um, and then Aaron Rodgers, man. You know, um, he put out a post a few days ago, Dane, with all these thank yous to uh, his teammates and all that jazz, saying he's spreading love. And I won't go into it. Y'all can find his post on Instagram. But yesterday (laughs) he went on the Pat McAfee show um, where everybody thought he was going to announce what he was going to do, whether he was going to sign or come back to Green Bay. Yeah, I love that show. And basically he said, no, I'm not going to decide yet. 
um, I'm not going to decide yet. I'm going to take time um, and kind of decide. I think, and I'll, I'll speak first on this. Aaron Rodgers is Obviously. at a point, I think, where he kind of just wants attention. And, <laughs> I mean, it's 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 been like that for a while. He He essentially made an announcement about an announcement coming which I don't know what other reason he came on the show yesterday. I didn't even watch to see if he said anything else about it, but like, man, just, just make your decision. Don't feel like he's doing too much at this point. Let me tell you, let me tell you something. Okay. What Aaron Rodgers did, the personification, the image that I have, unfortunately, ew. This this is what Aaron Rodgers did. Aaron Rodgers went outside in some booty shorts to take out the trash. It's like, oh, by the way, I'll be taking the trash out again tomorrow. And went back in the house. There's a reason behind that. Here's the thing. One, it's alarming because the booty shorts. Like, why would you wear that? What, what, why you got that on? All right. Or right. you know what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. You know what you're doing. <laughs> like, this is what Aaron, he's literally walking around, flaunting, like, oh, I know you're looking, so I'm going to give you some look at, like a story type of situation. That's the person. That's, that's the personification. Like, I, I'm sorry. I apologize for everybody who has an imagination that visualize that, but. Like that, I mean, that's that's that's. Dane did not. Dane did not tell me pre pre production meeting that he was going to talk about Aaron Rodgers and some booty shorts. Hey man, that's the that's the best way I can explain. No, I get what you're saying. No, this is the best way. The boy who cried wolf kind of thing. At this point, I think everybody that's not a Packer fan uh, or just a diehard Aaron Rodgers fan cares at this point what he's going to do. I think they're kind of fed up to a point. Like, man, just just it's the eye roll. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. The collective, yeah. Ah, <sighs> yeah. oh, okay, okay, okay. Like, it's, right, whatever. Sorry, everybody. Kind of at this point, but yeah, <laughs> I think he's just at a point where just make, just do, just say what you're gonna do and get on with it, and yeah. don't talk again until you, you know, do that hey, or you know, what you, you trying to shut up and dribble, my boy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, <man. laughs> You can shut up about a lot of other things, but we uh, won't go there. We ain't gonna go there. We ain't gonna go there. But yeah, man, hey, he can throw a hell of a post pattern though. No next lie. time, next time we talk about him on this show, he he, it'll be a decision made. We ain't gonna it'll talk about Denver Broncos jersey. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I don't know, man. Anyway, uh, the XFL Dame NFL become or me, XFL and the NFL. <laughs> have agreed on a partnership Pipeline? that will focus on creating innovation programs and protecting the health of players. That was announced on Monday. You know, the XFL is owned by The Rock and his ex-wife, mm-hmm. Danny Garcia. And XFL is resuming play coming back in February 2023. Mm-hmm. And I was actually a part of the last XFL game before it folded before, during COVID. <laughs> I went to uh, the Dallas... It folded Dallas versus Houston uh, game. Mm-hmm. I went with uh, Daniel and Devin. It was played mm-hmm. at uh, the Rangers Park. I forgot the name of the park, but it was actually pretty fun. Houston won. That's when PJ Walker was like the MVP of the XFL Woo-hoo! during that short time. He was going yeah, off. But, he was doing his thing. Yeah. Carolina so, Panthers with PJ Walker. 
this 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 partnership in there it says uh the NFL XFL agreement will give the NFL a petri dish to experiment with proposed rules, test new equipment and develop prospective officials and coaches, right? Mm. So, I think this is a great idea for of course the XFL you know coming back, you know, once again after everything. I mean, the the league before COVID, it was it was pretty decent. Like they had the deal with Fox it was the games were coming on FS1 and stuff like that. And for them to partner with the NFL, even though it's like a testing rules kind of thing, I think it's from a stability, stability, stability standpoint, it gives them credibility. I mean, okay. I, like as far as, okay, we're working with this professional league. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, it's not going to be able to compete with the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. Um, not. But it's like, it's I like, a, join them. I think, I think more than anything, it gives them like, hey, we're legitimate. We're trying to be for real here with this. And for mm-hmm. the NFL, it's like, why not? Like all the rules that, you know, the coaches and all the meetings that they have about rule proposals, they could test them in this league yeah, and see exactly. how it works. Cool. Yep. I know the XFL had that kickoff, uh, special kickoff that they did. I don't know if you remember, Dane, where the, uh, the uh, front lines can't move. Until right. the ball is caught by the returners, I like that rule. Um, so this will give the XFL and the NFL, or excuse me, the NFL, an opportunity to kind of see how, what you know, how it will work on a on an actual playing level, playing field. I think it's a good idea. I don't see any problems um, with this. I think it's a good deal for both sides. Yeah, I think it needs to be a situation where uh, an officiating crew they fumble a call or several calls in the game, and they go and get sent sent to the XFL for retraining. Uh, that's great like, that. like that's this is what it needs to Demoting be them. yeah maybe experiment with using the advanced technology and ball tracing in terms of like getting some sensors and stuff like that in the pad so we can determine Man, did he where cross the ball the... spot exactly yeah. because like, there's yes, no reason point, why we're in a multi-billion do- billion with a b as in beasley still using and chains. they still can't tell oh i can't tell if this guy crossed the plane or not if his knee is down bro how much money do y'all make? You lean to tell me you got to pull out an index card to tell if the ball crossed a freaking inch mark on the yeah. football field. So it, they, they can do a lot of experimenting. And I hope a lot of it is rooted in making sure the officiating crews are better. Cause that garbage yeah. of officiating that we saw in the Super Bowls, unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe, bullsh- yeah, yeah. Yeah. So exactly. Like, I shout think out to them. Maybe they could test. I think I had mentioned testing, uh, or bringing in an extra official, official that could be in the box, kind of yeah. seeing the Sky same judge stuff that we see or watching the broadcast. A lot <laughs> of stuff they could do, but uh, I think it's a good partnership for both deals, man. Yeah, same here, bro. Yeah. Yes, sir. And now it is time for... What that sound? No! Nerdy news segment brought to you by. Shout out to Keith. Shout out to Keith. I think I tweeted a few days ago, Dane, that I think like last week I tweeted how the Batman release date snuck on snuck up on me because I didn't realize <laughs> that it was at that point. It was two weeks away um, with this episode. We'll release on Thursday. It'll be a week away, man, from 
the Batman finally coming to theaters. Robert Pattinson, um, uh, Zoe Kravitz, and uh, playing Penguin is. Uh, let me look at the cast. I can't even think of the cast off the top of my head. Colin Farrell. Um, Colin Farrell, thank you. Uh, Paul Dano, Jeffrey Wright playing James Gordon. Like the cast is the, the, is, Jeffrey, is Wright. the Jeffrey Wright playing. Uh, hey, hey, did you see that clip from the Batman that released? Uh, <laughs> where <laughs> it's it's uh Batman and Commissioner Gordon talking in like the uh, interrogating room. I guess they're talking mm-hmm. about a potential cricket. Co- oh, bro, you gotta go watch it. I'm it's sorry, so man. funny. Batman and uh, Commissioner Gordon are like literally like how close I am to the mic. That's how they're talking. Uh-huh. They're really close. They're talking about a cricket cop. I, I don't even remember the dialogue, but all of a sudden, this is a clip from the movie coming out next week. Spoiler alert. All of a sudden, I ain't seen it yet. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Spoiler alert. If y'all don't want to know what the clip is, but all of a sudden Batman just steals off on Jeffrey Wright, uh, commissioner Gordon and takes off running out of, <laughs> Damn. out of the, uh, uh, the interrogator, like out of the whole police office. Mm-hmm. It's so funny because you're like, why the hell did he do that? And like the dialogue between, I guess they're trying to find out if a certain cop is crooked or whatever, but he just straight steals off on him and just takes off running. But I thought that part was funny, but I guess that. Yeah. <laughs> the Batman coming out next week in theaters. Apparently it's uh, almost a three hour runtime. So if you plan on watching it, make sure you, do all the bathroom necessities you need to beforehand. Be careful drinking sodas, all that good stuff, unless you don't care about getting up there in the movie. But, boy, said, uh, boy said they're going to wear a diaper to the movie. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. I don't got to go your, nowhere. Wear your diapers and all yeah. that stuff. But um, we hadn't talked about the Batman a lot on the like, past few episodes, except I think the trailer. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what to expect. It It seems from the trailer that we're going to get and, you know, we've seen a lot of takes on the Batman. Um, but I think this will probably be, I think it's safe to say the darkest tone of what we've seen so far, which I I think would be a good take on it. Um, I think, I mean, I think for one, I'm not sure. I think on the the Robert Pattinson playing Batman, I think, a lot of people would be surprised. I know when we talked about him being cast, we weren't sure about how he would be as far oh, as him portraying mean, the role. You mean Edward? <laughs> yeah, but our guy Edward. But I think coming out of it, I think it, it, it'll it be a version of Bruce Wayne and Batman that people will enjoy. I think I'm excited for the movie, I guess, and so to speak. I got you. Yeah, I've tried to. I've you know, I've only watched two trailers so far. I tried to remain in the dark about it. I haven't gone on any you know, any tangents with looking at comments, looking at replies, mm-hmm. looking on you know, comic book boards. I've tried to stay away from it because you know it's it's my favorite, it's my favorite superhero. So I you know, well, I say that term very loosely. It's my favorite char- comic book character. So um, we'll see how it plays out. I my expectations are pretty high considering that. I always underestimate uh, casts like this. Um, Robert Pattinson, I, for the longest I know, the only thing I knew him was the pale face kid from Twilight. But shortly, you know, or no, just within the last few years, seeing him in different projects and di- wearing different hats and, and playing in different roles, I was like, okay, that's, you know, that's that's a good look for him. That's cool. That's dope. He's gotten better. 
I can believe that scene. So, well, we're, 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 I'm I'm in for it. I'm I'm gonna go yeah. with uh, with no expectations at all, but just yeah. gonna have a good time. Uh, which yeah. Uh, Low expectations, and hopefully I can see the movie because I didn't. You know, your boy didn't even buy any tickets, man. Like I, <laughs> yeah, we talked about just, that. Just dropped the ball. Just so much stuff going on, man. I just drop. I legit That's... dropped the ball, but I'm. A, I'm gonna see. Yeah, it. you got I'm a lot of stuff thing. going on anyway, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. You know I'm gonna but... go see that month. I'm gonna hear that damn man. <laughs> you gotta see it. Yeah. Uh, one more thing about it. Uh, of course, when Dane and I watch the movie, we'll of course talk about it on the pod. But I'm excited to get this take on the Riddler because of course the only version that we've seen is Jim Carrey playing the extravagant flamboyant, <laughs> you know, version of, of the Riddler. Um, but this one's a serious take on the Riddler and I'm interested to see how it plays out. I'm excited for it. Um, three hours is, you know, long. We watched okay. the end game was about that long, right? Mm-hmm. About three hours long. So, um, but if it's a character that you enjoy, like, like the bat, I don't think it'll be much of a problem. Like, right? You know, like you'll find a way to justify it and make sense of it if it's you know yeah. if if it ends up being lower than what you expect, especially if you if you yeah. like the character. So you'll you'll justify yeah. it. I know I would. Right. <laughs> right. And I think that the director had mentioned like, um, you know, with Marvel, we always talk about the continuity and how it mm-hmm. connects to the other Marvel Studios products, but this seems like to be a standalone and not a part of the DCEU. Dot, dot, um, dot. dot 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 whatever yeah. they decide with that um but yeah who knows um might see some surprise cameos i don't know i like you day i have not looked up anything besides like the trailer and that clip i told you about that mm-hmm. they released like the you know the movie released itself so yeah batman next week excited about that um if anybody else has any comments about the batman or anything they want to Tell us about. They could tell us about it in our brand new segment. Dane, are you ready for it? Let's get it. Let's go. What y'all? What y'all want? What y'all want? What y'all? What y'all want? You are now tuned in to the What Y'all Want segment of the Duo Sports and Stuff podcast. The what y'all want segment. Once again, man, Keith, 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 Keith sent me that. And if you don't know, guys, Keith has basically musically produced this podcast. Every segment that we had, Keith has made. And I'm going to make sure that I put Keith's um, Instagram music where you can listen to all of it. Keith is beyond gifted he's talented individual the most gifted guy i've ever met and so he sent me this last night immediately i wanted to email it to you dane so quick but i'm like i'm gonna save it for this moment so that was dane's first time hearing that i fell asleep asleep putting the baby to sleep so i would have seen it this morning but i'm glad i just decided to just wait to hear it when everybody else is bro Thank you. you to send, I'm gonna have to save to my phone. You have to send that yeah. to me, man. But shout yeah. out to shout out to Keith, man. Like shout out to you again, Keith. I'm gonna make sure I put all Keith's um, stuff in Keith. the description for this podcast. But yeah, once again, he's 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 done great things. So I gotta I gotta give man. my guy a shout out. But yeah, Absolutely. this is our new segment, the What Y'all Want segment. 
Uh, last week we had a call in from our guy Brian King. Appreciate you, Brian, for uh, for um, kicking us off in this new segment. And dang, we got we got two new oh. listeners that have sent oh. calls. Okay. And so, yeah, let me explain. I didn't even explain what this was. So, yeah, what is what so, is it? The, the what y'all want segment is where our listeners, our viewers, can send a voice message to our podcast, and I will put that link in the description as well where they can talk about and say anything, topic, whatever they want us to talk about in this segment, and we will discuss it. And so, Dane, I have not heard these two um, call-ins. I know who they're from, but I haven't actually listened to it. So um, I'm going to be listening to it for the first time with you All as right, well. Let's, let's wing it, man. Let's do what we do. Let's do it. It's professional. Let's do it. Caller number one. <laughs> this guy. Hey, guys. It's Royden from One Take Pod. First time, long time. I just wanted to know what y'all think about the Coach K goodbye tour. It hasn't been as big as I anticipated at the start of the year when he uh, announced totally for, you know, unselfishly that he was going to retire before the end of the year. Uh, Totally unselfishly. As a known Coach K hater, um, I don't know what to think about it because, uh, you know, we don't have to talk about Baylor versus Duke in 2010. We don't talk about it. But we've seen these retirement tours for Dirk. Duncan, Kobe in the NBA. Uh, it feels a little weird in the NCAA, but you know, even to go as far as to have a show about him at halftime of every ESPN Plus broadcast, just kind of interesting. Just wanted to see what y'all uh, think about Coach K's retirement goodbye tour. Totally unselfish by him. <laughs> <laughs> shout out, to, shout out to Royden from the One Take Pod. Thanks. Those guys just dropped their 100th episode man and been on there a few times they do great work viewing movies and shows so uh check those guys out if you can and i'll actually put their their uh stuff in the description as well but yeah coach k yeah first of all royden awkward so awkward announcing that yeah so awkward Um, <laughs> that 2010 charge, Dane. Do you remember that game y'all went with me? Oh, I remember. I remember what happened. Yeah, yeah I remember what happened. <laughs> yeah, boy, I'm gonna uh, wait in the car. <laughs> yeah, I was so pissed. So Dane, Dane went to Sam Houston. I went to yeah. Baylor. But I, I, uh, for that game, that game 2010 Elite Eight was yeah. in Houston. We went to both games. Yeah, we went to two Baylor games. blew out. St. Mary's, I believe, that first game. And then the game, Elite Eight game, was against Purdue. Mm-hmm. And it was a basically a, the, the the most horrible call ever. Yeah. He called a charge on Quincy AC when it was clearly a block. But Dane can attest that I was very upset. We yeah. were sitting in the, the nose nosebleeds. Of yeah, that but, game. Hey, but we was there, though. We, we was there. there. We was there, though. Uh, it don't we, even matter. Hey, Bro, we was there. You know that that thing, uh, GIF where he's way at the top <laughs> in the rafters, you know, chilling. Yeah, in the rafters. <laughs> yeah, we, were. Yeah, we but, was out there. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. I like to get that game out of my memory. But the yeah. Coach K tour, man. ESPN. What Roy is talking about. ESPN during every halftime show of every game they've shown almost the the past. You know, since the season started, it's some kind of allusion to or you know turning to or showing coach k's last game it's it's ego strokeage bro it's ego strokeage that's 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 what it is you don't gotta lie to these folks deontay it's ego no i I agree sorry for all the fans that might be or not not sorry for all the fans there's plenty of you fans out there i'm not even going to name your names but plenty of you fans that follow this man the stench of this man around and try to act come off as this humble kind of cool clean cut guy 
what you're doing is you're taking the attention away from the players and making this about yourself. Yeah. And he's right. It was completely well, is, it, is it his fault? Is it his fault that ESPN showing that? You know, is ESPN just gonna I think it's the ESPN. Can he say no? No, he can't he can't stop it. <laughs> I'm trying to be the devil's advocate here. Clearly, you're not not doing that good of a job of convincing me. Anywho, it's you know, I mean it, it's, it's it's like taking a selfie in a video of yourself while you're at a funeral and the casket is there. It's like, hey, y'all, man, I'm sorry that this happened to my friend that you haven't spoken to in 15 years. I'm sorry this had to happen to him, but, man, he meant so much to me. He said we were going to hook up and link, you know, talk, you know, blah, 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 whoop, whoop, whoop. It's, att- it's attention seeking at its finest. Honestly, unfortunately, this is where we're at. They got to milk the cow somehow. I don't agree with it. It's a super huge turnoff for me, but at the same time, you know, he's had an, a, a huge impact on the game and the culture itself. So I understand that part of it. But, yeah, it just – it looks sad at this point. Dang, um, did you know Coach K was retiring? Did you know this was last season? There's no way I would have known, Deontay. <laughs> there's no way I would have known. Uh, I mean, I just – yeah. Roy, I just think that it's not surprising the way that it's been brought up so many times. But yeah. – I think it's just one of those situations where they just milk it yeah. until they can't milk it no more. Um, Duke's, I think Duke's, yeah, Duke's not doing bad this year. They're like top 15. I haven't really paid much attention to Duke, but Duke, you know, they'll always be seen as one of the blue bloods of college basketball. So, you know, they're going to milk this thing as much as they can. But shout out to Roy. I appreciate you calling in, bro. And shout you guys you, keep rocking on with the one take pot. Uh, this is my pitch to uh, Royden in the One Take Pod, Dex and Teej. We uh, we got to do another collab, man. We got to, and I'm already pitching it, Dane. We should do the uh, when Doctor Strange two drops. We should do a uh, yes collab with the One a Take jo- Pod. A joint pod. Yes, 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 yes. Y e s underline. Appreciate you, Royden, for the call. And Dane, I think we got one more. Okay, call her online too. One more. Here we go. Yes. The question that I have for the <laughs> for the podcast is um what do y'all think about black ownership mm. in the NFL? Mm. And will there ever be a black owner in the NFL? Mm. What do y'all think about that? I, I need to hear something about that. Thank you. Mm. Good question question for the the number one Panthers fan. Yeah, Yeah, he did not address himself, but that that was my father. (laughs) (laughs) That was my dad. Dad, thank you for calling in Kenneth Epps, uh, one of our loyal, loyal listeners, depending on which episode he's on listening to this podcast. It may be a while till he hears this answer, (laughs) but that was a great question, Dane. Um, A few episodes ago, we talked about uh, the Broncos' potential mm-hmm. owner. Um, one was Robert Smith. The other was um, the mogul. Um, oh, the media mogul. I have um, to look up. I forget about his name. I mean, look, he's one of only a few billionaires in the United States. I forget his Byron name. Byron Allen. Yeah, yeah, Byron Allen. And um, I think we talked about this, man. Like, even in regards to the Brian Flores situation mm-hmm. and how we can change 
uh, minorities in head coaching positions, Mm -hmm. the guys that hire those guys need to be minorities, right? And black guys and Hispanic, right? And so I think it's inevitable. I think we will get there. I'm not sure when. when. (laughs) Yeah. Um, 31 other guys got to be on board with it too. Right. 31 31 other owners have to be on board with it too. It has to be the right time. Yes. The perfect storm. So. Yes, stepping into that or putting that foot down that one mm-hmm. or what you said earlier, all we need is one, right? Yeah. I think we will get there. Um, I'm hoping it's this year with with the Broncos who currently are in search of an owner and we'll have to keep tabs on how that situation goes. But um I think I think I think we will get there. I think it's important and I think once we get that step, this is just for me what I think. I think mm-hmm that will get the ball rolling as far as the um, the the high uh, high school head coaching diversity in the NFL. What were you yeah. about to say? No, I was about to make a crack about y'all's owner, y'all's existing owner right now, but oh, I'll yeah. pass up on that opportunity. But yeah, no, great, great question, Mr. Epps, man. Shout out to you. Uh, Thanks, Dad. It, it reminded me the other day we were talking and – Somebody referred to your, your brother. Somebody referred to Bo as Junior. I think it might have been his wife. Which shout out to Tasha. Mm-hmm. She referred to him as Junior. He's like, hey man, don't call me. He said, my mama don't even call me Junior. <laughs> <I never laughs> call him junior. We laughed so hard because I, I think forgot, I remember that. I forget that he's a Junior, but I was like, man, my mama. Yeah. He got so he's like, man, my mama don't even call me Junior, man. So <laughs> shout out to shout out to the Epps family just in total, yeah. man. But Mr. Epps is solid, man. Um, great question, um, but shoot. We we gonna we gonna see. Just it, it's yeah. all about opportunity. It's not even so much as about we need this to happen, but it's just about opportunity. Just getting a fair shake, even if it's a complete disaster, that dragging the Broncos organization down to the depths of of wait wait, wait. The, the the deepest depths of the the Grand Canyon. It doesn't oh, matter whoa, whoa, if, it, if that happens, but it's a step in the right direction because they gave an, they gave another brother an opportunity. But shout out to you, Mister Epps. Even though you're the biggest Panthers fan that I know personally, um, you're. you're expertise and your um your questions are invaluable to not only this podcast but to everyone that's listening so shout out to you mr Epps. thank you dad thank you dad yep yep appreciate appreciate royden and my dad for calling in and uh we'll definitely definitely continue to do this segment we'll have the link to be able to send a voice message to us in the description of this podcast yes. and what is the name of this segment dane what y'all want? What y'all want? What y'all want? What y'all want? You are now tuned in to the What y'all want segment of the Duo Sports and Stuff podcast. You know what I picture? I picture a a, a group of six R&B singers, guys and girls, and all doing a jump step in the rain, trying to help their homie get their get their girlfriend and significant that, other back. That, uh, that temptation step. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What y'all, what y'all, and then at the what y'all want, they're like, what y'all, what y'all, what y'all want. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to, shout out to, Thank you, Keith. Yeah, shout out to Keith, man. That was all key stuff in the, uh, that was dope, in the man. description, man. But episode 75 of the Duo Sports and Stuff podcast, Dane, coming to a close, my guy. Anything you want to say before we get out of here? Nah, man, just uh, hoping all of our Texans out there or just anybody that's uh, in the midst of uh, cold and harsh weather conditions, y'all being safe out there, staying warm, 
uh, drive safe, man. There's always somebody out there that, that wants you home safe, that needs you in their life, needs you on this earth. And to do that, we all have a moral responsibility to travel safe and, and make smart decisions while we're driving. Um, because unfortunately, you're not driving for yourself out there. You're driving for everybody else on the road. So y'all be safe, man. Stay warm and uh, drink your cocoa and eat your Oreos. You know what I'm saying? So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, yeah Dane couldn't have said it better. Stay safe, stay warm. All those good things, man. Episode 75, make sure that you rate us, subscribe, all those good things. Share with a friend. It really helps out the pod, all those good things. You can check out our website, www.theduosportsandstuffpodcast.com, Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Uh, I think that's it. But, yeah, man. Dang. Um, man, as we close, man, got to give a shout-out to Keith once again. And Correct. I think I'm going to close this pod, Dane. One of my favorite songs by Keith, because uh-huh. uh, he does the music thing. He does it well. Play it, um, play it. Gonna play close it. it. We're gonna it, close it, it right it. here. It's called Full Circle. Mm-hmm. Full Circles by Keith Correct. goes by High Keith. That's his his music name. But I have all Alias, this stuff man. in the description. Alias, all that man. good stuff from uh, from the duo. We are signing out. Episode seventy five.